I did to this thing, but I'm going to be terrified. <laughs> Amy commissions fanfic on Tumblr of her and Paul Rudd together. <laughs> There's tons of it on there already. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> so... Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast 1993. I'm professional film critic Sean Patrick. With me is Amy Kay. Hola. And MJ. Hello. We're talking about a movie called Three of Hearts. It came out this weekend 30 years ago. Uh, Tawny Katane's in this movie. Tawny Katane's in this movie. The most <laughs> important star of our time. She, not not Jurgen. She play like, she plays the character she plays the character Girl in Bar. Girl in Bar. Now, my favorite role. <laughs> Tawny Katane. I know this is such a weird way to start this show because th this has nothing to do with the movie. Because she's barely... Like, you made a joke mm -hmm. that the woman in the bar looked like Tawny Katane. <laughs> and then the credits hit and they listed... Tawny Katane as... Woman in bar. Woman in bar. And by the way, now, she stole the scene for me, really. We know who that is. Right. Like, we grew up knowing who that is. Mm -hmm. We saw her in Bachelor Party. We saw her in... The music video for Round and Round from Rat. Right. Like, she was just... Two White Snake videos. I'm... You know, yeah, she was the White Snake lady. She was... Uh, even after... Even after not making it as an actor, like, she remained relevant, at least in, like, gossip columns. Like, totally. she... She dated OJ right before the trial. Right. <laughs> for, like, a year. I mean, Before she... he killed his wife. Yeah. He was dating Tony Katane. Well, which let's is be honest. She dated a lot of fucking but people like that. Well, she she fell in love with and married a pitcher for the for the uh, California Angels at the time. They were the California Angels. Oh sure. Uh, Chuck Finley and they had this like really bizarre relationship where like they appeared naked together in like Sports Illustrated's nude issue. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, they they do like a tastefully nude issue of Sports Illustrated. I where think it's all like, nude is tasteful, but that's just me. <laughs> you know, it's like you can tell that they're nude, but you're like not. They're no, you can't see the bits. <laughs> the naughty bits. <laughs> the naughty bits. It's okay if there's no nipple. That's, that's I, don't, I don't know if you know that. That's you a, know, I, I disagree, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> we see the nipple suddenly. Shut it all down. <laughs> Women. Hang on a minute. Nipples. Because men don't have them. I think men. I think men. If they see nipples, they start. They become a baby immediately <laughs> and. You know, it, it's funny you should say that because if, if we seg right back around here, the real star of this film, Billy Baldwin's nipples. Oh, harder what? than fuck it could cut glass. Those damn things surprisingly could see them through the through the they have of to, air. They have to cut their way through that <laughs> mat of Robin Williams like hair. Bring in your katana. <laughs> <laughs> Free the nipple. I just wanted to say though, like just finishing the Tawny Katane thought yes, because yeah. we we were become obsessed with this. Did, did you ever see her film debut? No, I MJ, didn't. you'll be part of the conversation eventually. <laughs> um, just stay with you, us because okay? you've never just... heard of any of this. You have right. no idea what we're talking about. No. You have no context for who Tawny Katane is. That's okay. That's fine. <laughs> Tawny Katane was a very large figure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even you say her name now, like, to especially people, like, older than, you know, 35, they know who Tony Katane is. Nathan Rabin, who is the best pop culture writer on the planet, right. everybody needs to read his stuff, has done an entire series on her entire filmography. I had no idea. He did. Holy it's shit. incredible and just very absurd. I don't think he can included this movie. <laughs> I'm ready because I don't Hit think he knew, I don't think you do. No, I'm talking about three of three of hearts. Oh, three we'll of get hearts. To, right, we'll right. get to that. Okay. Uh, no, Tony Katane's debut film right. is a film. I, I'm not making this title up. 
the perils of Gwendolyn in the land of Yik Yak. <laughs> First of all, why didn't Mystery Science Theater pick this one up? <laughs> Secondly, it sounds like a children's show. <laughs> I do believe I watched this to see if she was naked in it. I do believe sometime after Bachelor Party, I heard I saw this movie on Cinemax, and I'm like, is she naked in it? And I don't remember if she was or not. But You're a fucking perv. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, we all wanted to see it. But, I, uh, can, can, can you... Can this you, is... So I'm going to give you now yeah. how, how this movie, The Perils of Gwendolyn in the Land of Yik Yak, ends. Okay. This is the ending of the movie. While Gwendolyn and Willard make love before the Queen, Darcy activates the, the volcano, and he, the Queen, and the citizens of Picajo are killed as Gwendolyn, Beth, and Willard escape in the process. Willard is able to capture the elusive butterfly. The elusive butterfly. <laughs> the elusive... That is, that is the Wikipedia ending I... of this movie. I okay, but now it's like I, I do I want to see it because of this butterfly or because yes. Tony Katane is it? Yeah, I, I, I think the butterfly. The elusive the butterfly. The elusive butterfly was apparently the plot driver for the entirety of The Perils of Gwendolyn in the Land of Yik Yak. Tony Katane. Yeah. What a what a legend. What a star. <laughs> and blink and you'll miss her in this piece of shit movie we watched this week. <laughs> She, again, uh, this, so to the movie we're actually talking about is called Three of Hearts, uh, and it stars uh, Billy Baldwin's chest hair, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a very prominent star of the film. Billy Baldwin's chest hair is in this, Kelly Lynch's do-rag is in this, as uh, as Axl Rose. As Axl Rose, that's right. And Sherilyn Fenn is in the movie as Brooch. <laughs> Just because you like that brooch doesn't mean it's that's... a very large brooch. It's right. an incredibly large brooch. <laughs> it's a it's a scene stealing brooch. It actually, was the star of that scene, wasn't it? <laughs> it's really big. Sherilyn Fenn and Kelly Lynch are a, a, a couple. <laughs> Sherilyn Fenn and uh, <clears throat> Kelly Lynch are a couple. Right. They are breaking up. Sherilyn Fenn is done. She's breaking up with her. She's over it. So, uh, Kelly Lynch hires Billy Baldwin, who's a sex worker, to go with her to her sister's wedding, because she doesn't want to go alone. Right. <clears throat> he's a huge hit. Everybody loves him, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he doesn't know that he's been hired by uh, a, a lesbian. So, uh, he's, you know, trying to seduce her, I guess. Or yeah. Get to, but then she does re resist him. Uh, and, and then she decides, you know what? I should hire you to break my girlfriend's heart so that she'll want to swear off men forever and come back to me. It's such a juvenile premise, isn't it? Like, I swear <laughs> to God I wrote stories like that back when I was 15. Like, that'll are work. They teenagers? Yeah. And adult bodies. <laughs> What's weird about this, this film mm -hmm. is that um, out, of, out of everything... I found Kelly Lynch's character to be the most engaging. I probably liked her the best out of everybody. Aside from the do-rags, Aside yes. from the Axl Rose the, the do-rag. The lesbian do-rag. <laughs> the lesbian do-rag. That's how the movie explains what lesbianism is. Oh, and and leather jackets. Don't forget that, too. Leather jackets <laughs> and, yeah, do-rags. All those dykes back in the 90s, it's all they wore. It's just, it doesn't make... It, it, that's so... It's untrue, because there were... 
I mean, we saw lipstick lesbians <laughs> back then. We we would see the butch ones. I it's like not in the wild, you know. They're not like <laughs> the, the elusive butterfly that is a lesbian back then. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I took offense to that. Like to me, it's just like yeah, I don't think that, that, that's just not bespeaking who a How lesbian is. How do we make is. Kelly Kelly Lynch into a lesbian? Uh, right, give her a fucking do rag and a really big <laughs> motorcycle jacket. <laughs> And go. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> he sets about... Obviously, you know where this is going. He's going to fall in love with the Sherilyn Fenn character and have, have his secret unearthed by you know, the Kelly Lynch character, yep. and it's all going to backfire on everybody and probably end with a happy ending or something like that. You, right? well, we, so you thought. can make up your assumptions on how the movie's going to go. But, right. Um, <laughs> there's also this, like weird subplot about the world of like Billy Baldwin as as a sex worker. <laughs> so no. like Which again, cool, but Joe Pantoliano is his pimp who also operates a a, a sex phone. Yeah. Some, what do they call it? Phone sex. Phone, yeah, a phone, phone sex, sex bank. Line. And it was awesome. <laughs> Which they have this great scene early on where Billy Baldwin goes to visit Joe Pants at uh at <laughs> <Joey> the <Pants. laughs> at the sex worker line. And the sex worker phone line. And they're like, <laughs> there's like women and men just, you know, doing their low, breathy, sexy talk. <laughs> and then you, that, that Joe Pads just walks through every scene going, hey, Joey, come here. Joey, come on. <laughs> so you hear that in the background where you're trying so like, to be all sexy. Yeah, there's like people like on the phone, like j jerking off at that point. And all they can hear in the back, they're, they're, they've got this person talking to them on the phone who's talking them off. Yeah. And in the background, hey, Joey, come here! Come here, Joe! <laughs> Just feel the, the penis go right back inside. <laughs> Never mind, I'll call you later. <laughs> Good Christ. Is that how you think penises work? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that's, that's what Dad told me. <laughs> then they curl up and go back inside. <laughs> I mean... Oh, now I can see it. Like, I guess I have, that's a bad image. That's a bad image. It's like when the house falls on the on the Wicked Witch and the shoes fold back up. That's, oh, no. Isn't that how penises work? Oh, no. Oh, no. It's in my head now. That's the next t-shirt. Wait, this is why we need a Patreon, you guys, right there. Oh, can I mention the other... Yeah. Shit. Um, we had, I had another... Another T-shirt idea, because um, because Fuzzy said it first. They they said the line in the film. What was what was, was it in um, reference to? Because they were fighting, right? Is this like Sherilyn Fenn and Kelly Lynch's character? Weren't they fighting or no? Fight no, no was the breakup this, scene. Was it in that scene or was it later on in the bar with Tony Katana's star against the wall? <laughs> well, the, Sherilyn Fenn wasn't in that scene. That's uh, true. She was in the scene after they go to the art show. But she's like, I'm not just some. Oh, it was the scene with her and her sister. Oh, right, right. And her sister said, I'm not just some, some bitch, bitch from, from Connecticut. Connecticut. <laughs> and we laughed so hard. Like, that's like such a great fucking line. I'm your sister. I'm not not, not just some bitch from Connecticut. <laughs> I just want to take the sister part off. And just like, I'm not just some bitch from Connecticut. I think that that, that opens it wide up to people. Because <laughs> you can could, you could think anything you want. It's like, oh, yeah, I know those Connecticut bitches. Um, so, yeah, we need our Patreon. Again, if you want to know what our Patreon is, it's stapled up to my tree outside. Please come. Give us the, money. 
so I can make that t-shirt. The sister plays a very minor role in this movie, but she also just has some like things that she just adds to the movie for no good she, fucking reason. Total cunt. <laughs> I don't want my sister to be a lesbian. Ooh, here comes a hot guy. Shove her off onto that. That's now how love works, apparently. You're not a character. You don't get to play this role. <laughs> Ouch. The casualness with which, yeah. like, the shame that people have about having gay people in their homes yeah. is so or their families is so palpable throughout this movie. Like, well, Kelly Lynch doesn't want to go. Goes home. Goes to her. Doesn't want to go to her sister's wedding alone. She was going to take her girlfriend, but apparently they weren't just going to be friends. I guess at the wedding, right? Because she ends up taking Billy Baldwin, paying him uh, to be her date, and like everybody loves him. And do you know why they love him? It's because he's you know gorgeous and charismatic, but also because he's confirming that she's not gay. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and you we're know, all so happy. We thought she was gay. Oh, you guys, everything's oh. normal again. Isn't this wonderful? We could be a family again. <laughs> Great day for everyone. <laughs> Great day for straight America. Another no, win. Everyone's going to tell us we're overthinking that. I don't think but so. But no, no, that is, you're, that is... You're underthinking it because that is the casual message here throughout. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Sherilyn Fenn character gets it from her sister, too. Or like, with her sister is so excited that she's seeing a man. Yeah. And it's like she's going to reunite the family now. Yeah, right. <laughs> we can all finally have a decent Christmas this Now year. you'll be allowed back in Connecticut. Oh! <laughs> You're not just some bitch from Connecticut. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know how, how inclusive Connecticut is. <laughs> hey, Connecticut, nothing wrong with you. <laughs> as far as I know, I don't know how many don't say gay bills you have in Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> so let's throw that out for right. a moment. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that that part of it is what pissed me off the most. Because it's just like, again, and I know, early 90s. But, you know, after watching something like The Crying Game, you mm -hmm. know, when you can see, like, real representation, um, this, even, like, when they're at the lesbian bar, it's like, oh, these are the lesbians? This is Donna from Accounting over here? You know? Like, it's, it's, it's and again, very white, and, and they all dress with, with blazers with huge shoulder pads, and I'm like, that just doesn't represent, I think, anybody from that period of time mm -hmm. at all. That's, that's... It, it looked like an after work outing. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that, and that's fine though. Let normalize. But I'm, it's but no, that's not. But like, that's not how this works. It's not how that works. They made it look. It, it just it, they, it didn't look real. Like I, I I couldn't immerse myself into that. Because also, I mean, you know, they're playing pool, and I fucking hate pool. <laughs> <laughs> but then they all stop to dance, to have a big dance scene. To fire out, out of nowhere. <laughs> like when you said, you're like, this is the first time they've ever heard this. <laughs> it's like a big hit in 93 all of a sudden. They seem very surprised uh, by this song coming yeah. on, and then, then they're like singing it after they leave. Like, uh, why didn't anybody ever tell us this existed before? <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> They're out there singing in the middle of the street like it's a brand new The day. weird magic of Ohio players. <laughs> I mean, well, from? let's be honest. I mean, it is. <laughs> it's magical. I love that song. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. So I, I guess that's, that's just, to me, it, I don't think, you know, films like this do right by the, you know, gay or lesbian culture. To me, it just, it, it felt disingenuous it didn't feel it was definitely using that as just a put right. on for like a for the plot for sure right. like um 
I think they're. I think somebody will. They're they're probably pitched this idea as being modern because it has lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the twist. Like, because any other movie, this would star two men and a woman, and yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Then they'd be two bros walking off together at the end. Like, <laughs> bros. <laughs> we couldn't fool her this time. We'll get her next time, Joe. <laughs> Dude, bros, the film right there. <laughs> <laughs> I get dude bros the film at school. I don't need it around here, too. <laughs> no shit. So, MJ, your, your enjoyment of this movie, uh, <laughs> was, uh, what stood out to you most, uh, besides Billy Baldwin's nipples? <laughs> um, I would say the flip-flopping of... First she was okay with, uh, or first she was like really wanting him to go out with right. her ex-girlfriend, and then she didn't want that to happen, and then she did, it was a lot of flip-flopping. Yeah, yeah you're talking about the uh, Kelly Lynch character. Yes. Connie. Yes, Connie was just very back and forth with it. <laughs> it it's like, an inconsistent character, yeah. She also, like, disappears for, like, a large portion of the movie, too, which yeah. is very odd. Like, she's the plot driver. She begins the plot of the film, and she's kicking off the and she's the big part of it. And then, like, when they're going through that whole... Was it F. Murray Abraham? Was That's that, who I thought it was. That's what I looked like. Yeah. F. Murray Abraham's character <laughs> goes in and is, like, this guy, Harvey, who wants to kick the shit out of William Baldwin for reasons. Uh, reasons! None of us knew. <laughs> no, we, ha we have a the vague very, idea, yeah. but... That's, that gets so dramatic in this movie that is, like, so... At times, like, so ridiculously light comic. <laughs> I... Then they just introduce all this dramatic shit. Like he he has the uh, the pimp and the and he's having a conf conflict because he no longer wants to be a sex worker anymore and he wants to, I guess, be like monogamous now. Yeah, uh, uh, I, which I just didn't buy nope. any of that. Yeah, neither as no. being authentic at all. Nothing against Billy Baldwin. It's just like that, the, nothing about that felt true. It no. felt like that was just you, like a screenwriter, just like, I gotta drag this thing out. I don't have anything more beyond this sitcom premise. <laughs> it, it felt also like very rushed, this this relationship between he and Sherilyn Finley. Yeah. Like yeah. that was way too fast yeah. for me. Like they, they slept together for the first time and he's like whispering, I love you. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> P.S. Can we just say... They had one Sting song, oh. and damn it, they were going to use it. <laughs> Fucking shape of my heart, my ass. What pisses me off is that, uh, can we confirm this? Was mm. it actually Joe Jackson who actually did the score for the film? Oh, that's a good question. Because if so, you're fucking Joe Jackson. You're an excellent writer, an excellent musician. Why the fuck wouldn't you have, like, original songs in this film? That pissed me off, but then that's just the music purist yeah. in me. Uh, Joe Jackson, uh, well known for the single Step It Out, among many other things. One of the best, but yeah. So it was him. Uh, if it was, I don't I don't know. I haven't seen yet. Uh, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> just that, if, if that is the case, fuck you, Joe. You could have done better. Just like you expect <laughs> well, it, more. It was, a right. it was a terrible score. I oh, mean, terrible. The, the te but the whole sound mix on this thing is terrible. Like, <laughs> that kicked off the film, too, which really yeah, pissed you off. The sound mix on this movie, like, I know that you want to have the New York street sounds for, like, the authenticity, but, like, you have to mic your characters. Stop micing the shoes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Somebody really wanted those shoes. The, the star of the opening of this movie is background noise. <laughs> <laughs> because you know why? Because New York 
it's a completely separate character in this film. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of it. In fairness, this could be like the DVD rip or like the, yeah, the modern trying to adapt to a modern television. Like they, they'll they'll adapt the the the, the pan and scan or like they'll they'll yeah. you know, they adapt to the screen, but not not the sound apparently no. because no, they could just refoley it, which would be nice. <laughs> I think they could do that. I'd appreciate it. Anyway, it was terrible throughout, though. It was like it was bad in that scene, but it was terrible. Well, and also throughout. when you're instructing like, your actors to whisper. I can't hear you. And then they did a whole no. scene outside of a door. Yeah. But luckily, I just happened to have my bell tone turned up so I could catch even part of that conversation. But again, yeah, it's buried so much in the sound Oh, mix yeah, it's terrible. Because, like, again, you want to get that New York street sound in there. <laughs> Wait, this took Where? place in New York? Because <laughs> I didn't get Joey Pants being more New York in this film than he really was. Joey, come here! <laughs> Joey! Come here! Sorry about your orgasm. <laughs> we'll try again later. <laughs> Don't worry, it keeps him on the phone longer. It's fine. <laughs> it's the job I want, though. <laughs> I dress for the job that I want. <laughs> so. Anyway, yeah, yeah, okay, so, yeah, fuck, fuck your, your sound design in yeah. this film. Fuck like, your soundtrack. The, I, fuck the weird approach to like trying to make this dramatic like that yeah. whole that whole drum like it, it's supposed to be a, it it's one time like it's a it's a comedy it's this lighthearted comedy and then other times it's like this uh, it wants to be treated seriously like a serious drama like there's serious things at stake here between you know between these characters and dramatically between the three of them yes there's a lot of like you know comic book or sitcomic you know conflict going on but right. like uh which Again, it's very light, but then you have this like life and death thing where this Harvey guy is going to murder Willie uh, William Baldwin for reasons. <laughs> Again, reasons. <laughs> what, okay, was it just me or and and, and for, please correct me if I'm wrong, but it felt like the first portion of the film, yeah, lighthearted comedy. Yeah, you know where yeah. this is going to go, and of course, in the third act, you're going to have that conflict. That makes sense, but it was the second half of the film that went. Like no, we're a drama now. It yeah, it, it, it felt un, like uneven. Yeah, it changed too drastically mm -hmm. right in the middle. Mm -hmm. So we have that that flip, and then you also have like the flip floppings of the characters. It's just would you make up your mind what kind of film you're trying to be yeah. here? Because I didn't understand it. There's no tone that stayed consistent throughout the film. Well, then you have the dynamic. Let's get going to the main dynamic. The supposedly three main characters are, you know, William Baldwin, Sherilyn Fenn, Kelly Lynch. Mm -hmm. William Baldwin has this pretty great chemistry with with Kelly Lynch. Absolutely, like unforced funny. They're having a great time together. Mm -hmm. He has no chemistry whatsoever with Sherilyn Fenn, other than what they force him to have. And that's why we didn't buy yeah. it at all. They didn't make sense together. Again, the whole I love you, like, after one fuck, you know, it's like, I guess we're getting married now. What was their second date? But their first fuck. <laughs> They'd known each other for about two weeks, that maybe. sex may have been just most. phenomenal, I guess, but I mean. Well, he does have a magic dick. We have established does. that. He does. <laughs> Underneath all that rug hair. <laughs> I feel like she can't have enjoyed it too much having rug burn. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm just going to wear my shirt during this one. Okay? Oh. 
I don't need the chafing. Apologies to hairy people everywhere. We're yeah. sorry. <laughs> sorry. Well, I, I mean, I, I again love Billy Baldwin. I, I think he's 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 cool. Uh, but this, yeah, I mean, there's so much hair, <laughs> and like like he would shave, and I'm like, what's the point? It, it's gonna have it back in like an hour plus more. You know, <laughs> let your garden grow, dude. I get it. <laughs> Just leave it. <laughs> I need to look up to see what he looks like now. He can't, he can't win with you. It's like I know <laughs> you're too hairy. You're not hairy enough. You're not hairy enough. Joey Pants, <laughs> star of this film. <laughs> Speed of Joey uh, again. Was it a rug on the top of his head? Oh yeah, abso- yeah. No, because it just that- looked like it was like being pushed forth. Like a... <laughs> no, if you if you look at a risky business uh, era photo of Joe, he's got less hair than he does in this movie. See, again, he started balding when he was ten, <laughs> just receding that hairline back and back. The the work that they did into making it because he's still losing his hair in this movie, right. and yet they still <laughs> they still managed to find something that they could like shape up onto his head. It was like candy floss, but it was red <laughs> and weird. Distracting. Yeah. Distracting is a give me a hat it. like he wore in the Matrix. <laughs> Again, he's a pimp. You should have like a whole like boa on top of your head, you know? Just uh, feathers. Yeah. Embrace being a bald king, as they say. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> the, I mean, <laughs> for the to, first to time. Quote your I generation. Just, yeah. <laughs> But what I, about I, a bald queen? I'm just going to tell you this, though. If if you call me a short king, I'm going to cry. I will cry. There's no, I'm an average oh height. Per, I'm 5'9". I'm average height. Say if you call short me, king. If you, say, if you call me a short king, I will cry. I say. really do not understand who thought that was a good idea to start. Uh, it was not. I don't know. It was not I you. Was just scro- no. I was just minding my business scrolling Facebook yesterday, and I saw this podcast was talking about the movie Throw Mama from the Train, and they described it as two short kings trying to kill Anne Ramsey. No. Yeah. 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 Because it's Billy Crystal and Danny DeVito. Yeah, I get Danny DeVito, but Billy... <laughs> He's well, close to my height, and I'm a little bit. I'm again, not short king. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with it. It's like short king. <laughs> and height is so weird right now because it's like there are skyscrapers. Yeah, and, and then there are mushrooms. There's like, <laughs> Jesus, my mushroom king. Are you actually calling people mushrooms? Me? Wow. I'm short. Okay, <laughs> I'm shorter than half of the kids that I meet on a daily basis. It's how... There it's, are 12-year-olds that are towering over me. I'm telling you. I feel like you've been thinking I was a mushroom for most of your life, though. <laughs> Did Amy ever grow out of kindergarten? In all honesty... Short queen. In all honesty, we've all been avoiding the, the thing because we think it's a slur, so we can't refer to you that way. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for slurs if they're directed at me, but not anyone else. Uh, just, we're trying to care for your community. <laughs> this is a sensitivity to them. Finally, I can have my own flag. I'm so ready for this. You'll help me design it. We'll get it done. No, short short queen. I'm happy with it. 4'11", and I'm not getting any taller. Speaking of not getting any taller, um, how tall is Joey Pants? I have no idea. He looks kind of short in this film. 
Um, Maybe. But William Baldwin's like 6'1", six, 6'2", six, six, uh, or something. Yeah, he's So he's, he's going to make everybody. King. And then Kelly Lynch is super tall as well. Yeah. Tall queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Although, I know I think I'm about like, RuPaul. Like, so that's like, I can't use that. You're not a tall queen. <laughs> Trixie Mattel, now that's a tall queen. And I'm here for it. Speaking of which, it would be nice to have like a good drag queen in this film. You know, I just like, you know, round out the characters. Because I, I, I just, I didn't like it, anything really about this film. No, because I mean, I, I gotta, go, I want to go back to something. So, um, talking about uh, sort of this, a part of film history and a part of cultural history is that there used to be a genre, and there maybe, and maybe it still is, but I'm sure it's probably frowned upon today. But legitimately, people would refer to a drama as, uh, as a, as a, as a subgenre, seduce and destroy. Where the plot of the movie is someone trying to seduce and destroy someone. It's a genre. It's not. <laughs> I think I've seen it used as a plot device. Um, not entirely sure as but an it's entire never, premise. It's never okay. No. But it's so casually referred to. Seduce and destroy. Yeah. There's another T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. well, I was like, I mean, it it goes back to like uh, Dangerous Liaisons was a su seduce and destroy movie. Totally. Uh, Cruel Intentions, which is a takeoff of of uh, of the other movie I just mentioned. <laughs> Dangerous Liaisons uh, is a seduce and destroy movie. Like it's a and it was so casually referred to back in the day, like. This is normal. This is what people do. Uh, you, know, you seduce somebody, you destroy them, and then you learn a valuable lesson about yourself. Oh, <laughs> not really. You can use people as devices. <laughs> well, is that not what Sherilyn Fed's character is here? She exists to teach lessons to the other characters about, this is not okay what you're doing. Right. Literally, but then they don't learn the lesson. And somehow, they're still friends in the end, and they're like, yeah, one of us will get her. <laughs> Why don't you give me some tips about how to get it back, huh? Oh, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll date her this time, and then I'll break her heart, and she'll go back to you. What do you say? It's hilarious. Yeah, that's great. Why don't you, you just Why don't you just completely make all her decisions for her, and just completely just destroy her emotionally, so she can't trust any human being in the future? That's great. I'm sure she'll want to be with both of you. And that's that, yeah. Now, yeah. to the credit of the film, she doesn't end up with either of them. She tells both of them to go fuck right off, yeah. which is yeah. exactly what she should do because yes. this is a seriously fucked up thing to do to somebody. Yeah. And the movie is just totally like, here's our heroes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, what are they like? <laughs> See, I. I, I was impressed that it went that way. I really thought it was going to go the other way. <laughs> right? I, well, they... Throughout the movie, I continuously thought that they were going to end in a thruple. <laughs> I really thought that that is where this was going to go. I, they did shoot the ending where she stops the cab and lets him in. Oh. That was an alternate ending to this movie. She stops the cab. She's Sherilyn Fenn's riding away in a cab. And he's chasing after the cab, running. Like he's going to catch a car. <laughs> Makes total brilliant, sense. brilliant character. This, um, and uh, she doesn't stop in the movie. Uh, fi in the final cut, she keeps going and you know makes the smart decision that anyone should in this scenario. Yeah, <laughs> but they did shoot the other ending where she stops the car and forgives him and takes him back. 
<laughs> yeah. I wouldn't even want to see that movie, though. <laughs> Terrible. No. Just, no. <laughs> and so this is how Roger Ebert writes about... I wondered, yeah, you brought this up. Roger Ebert's uh, first opening, his opening paragraph of this movie is going to blow your mind with how... This is, it's such a generational difference. He's much, much older, he was, old, he was older than us. Like, he was our age when we were born. So. Right, right. <laughs> so it's a completely different perspective and different, like, uh, worldview. Yeah. Three of Hearts would have made a terrific 1930s screwball comedy. No. <laughs> No, it wouldn't. No, I don't think it's just no, it wouldn't. Roger. <laughs> no. I love screwball comedies. <laughs> There's nothing. I, no, except the subject matter would have caused apoplexy among the movie censors of the era. Fair enough. It's about a lesbian whose bisexual girlfriend walks out on her, and about how she hires a male escort to seduce and abandon the girlfriend, who will then presumably hate men so much she'll come back home again. <laughs> Screwball. <laughs> Toying it's with so wacky. <laughs> what a crazy film. Ah. <laughs> what do you like? <laughs> um, disagree. <laughs> well, especially as melodramatic and shitty as this movie gets in the middle about you know the whole the whole subplot about the guy who wants to kill him and beats the shit out of him. He ends up in the hospital getting kicked the as sh- the shit kicked out of him. Uh, that's how uh, that's how they decide to unite the plots between Cheryl and Fenn and Kelly Lynch. Kelly Lynch is like, I, I hired this guy. That's how I know him. I hired him to 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 sleep with you so you'd come back with me. <laughs> Beyond that, like right before he gets his ass kicked, yeah. right before she's kicking him out of her of her apartment. Kelly Lynch is kicking right. him out. Like, dude, you slept with my girl. Yeah. Fuck you. Get out. Right. And then all of a sudden, he's getting his ass beat in her apartment. And then she's like, no, not my Joey. (laughs) You just want to kill him like 10 minutes ago. The fuck? That doesn't mean she actually wants him dead. Be consistent, though. It was a a quick flip of the switch Uh to her being back on his side. Mm. Uh, But she barely knows this guy, too. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Another guy that says... I'm, I'm just gonna stay with you for a couple of days because my apartment's all ransacked, and it's like two months later. We're still fucking here. Get out, <laughs> lazy bones. <laughs> Get a new it apartment. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're a sex worker. You're making like seven thousand. It was only like two weeks. Like literally, it was less. This movie takes place over the course of two weeks, and these people become lifetime friends who fall in love immediately. <laughs> That's weird. It is weird. That's why I'm pointing it out. Mm. <laughs> it's all point of pointing out. Uh, no, it's like. <laughs> I lost the plot here. But. <laughs> we all did. <laughs> Can we talk a minute about how they set up the tripod and just kept recording themselves? <laughs> we got we have to cover that eventually. That is yeah. a weird, That's weird line through this movie. Is like yeah. so like they keep showing Kelly Lynch to her entire character for a certain point is just her eating various different foods out of a pot <laughs> and, and watching this video of her and Cheryl and Fenn in better times. And at first she's holding the camera and they're being playful and funny. And then you see at a certain point they're both on camera, which means they've gotten out a tripod mm-hmm. and have set it up. And then you see Kelly Lynch essentially topless yeah. in bed with her and is like, oh, she's watching their sex tape. I mean, they had to be because they were like they were like all like, you know, in the afterglow and shit. And they're talking like, I love you. I love you. Yeah, 
<laughs> so she's been, she's just been like chowing down carbs, watching her <laughs> and her girl ex girlfriend's sex tape, <laughs> and the movie doesn't find this strange at all. <laughs> and then Billy it, Baldwin comes in while she's doing it, uh-huh. and she's and just nobody blinks. Yeah. this is yeah, whatever. Everybody, it's normal. It's, it's totally normal. normal. Uh-huh. To the point where though they get to the end of the movie, and I don't know if you guys caught this or not because we didn't seem to comment on it at the time. Kelly Lynch, he's moved on now. He's he's moved out of her ho- apartment, and she's he's staying in a place of his own, apparently. Right. And she's bringing him his stuff, and she hands him his stuff, and inside is a videotape. And the implication is is that this videotape is the sex tape of her and her girlfriend together. She has given it to, to Billy Ball. That's what that was. That's I, what that was. I, I thought it was something else. What do you think well, about it? I thought I thought she said um. I, I had, uh, she said something like, I had a date with her, and he was just like, uh, and he was, and, and then he said, um, uh, or she said, to return her stuff. Right. So I think that, I think that it was her, it was the, the other girl, the other girl stuff. <laughs> her name is Ellen. I, yeah. I got the impression he was giving, she was giving it to him. That's <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> a very weird thing. Why are you giving this to him? Because you seem to hand it to him. That, yeah, I don't know. That was weird. I know that maybe they want to establish that she gave up the tape because it was like her, you know, some kind of empowering I'm over my sadness thing or whatever. <laughs> That's what I would do. I'm not sad anymore. I don't want her anymore. I got over her, so I'll help her. I'll, I'll, I'll fuck. I'll go back and fuck her and so she can come back to you. Like, how? <laughs> and really are, who are we? Just, I mean. What kind of. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us. Uh, <laughs> always <Smiling>. scheming. Always <laughs> scheming. <laughs> Weird side notes. Yeah. So, movies, again, they still do it today sometimes, like where they'll just be very, very lazy and not like follow up. Like they'll have a non sequitur that is so fucked up, mm-hmm. and everybody will just kind of pass over it, like, ah. Oh, yeah, I know what that's like. Or they'll just laugh at it because it's weird, but I don't really want to know the backstory. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was watching a movie the other day where like these two guys are talking, and the implication that the one guy makes to the other guy about the relationship that he's having with his girlfriend is that he's just going to go home and rape her. Uh, oh God! <laughs> like, like I, and and they're both laughing about it, just bantering. Like, is <laughs> gross in that movie? <laughs> 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 like his wife's not you know not been in the mood lately, so I'm just gonna go home and you know what I'm gonna have to do, and they like uh, <laughs> well, uh, and the scene ends, you know, and it's uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I the, saw that in, like in an Neil Breen film, <laughs> he beats up his wife and then he's like, ah, just kidding, what'd you make for dinner? I mean that's a real scene. So this movie, and I know they're tossing this off as a joke, and they don't want to think about this. They don't want to. They want to just toss off something that's going to make you laugh mm-hmm. and and just keep moving. And if you stop and pause and think about it, it's so fucked up. He, so Kelly Lynch is asking William Baldwin about about his sex work, about what he does. Mm-hmm. And she's like, how much money do you make? And he's like, I can make up to, you know, five, five grand a night. Oh, I thought it was like and she's like, What'd you have, what do you do for five grand? It's like, I had to dress up like a Cub Scout. <laughs> I I physically retched yeah, after was that. Like, that was one of the worst things I have ever heard. Any really? Like that's your kink? That's your kink. That is little boys and shorts. That is so severely fucked up. I, and the movie just 
glosses over <laughs> that. Like, uh, <laughs> this is a normal thing to joke about. I mean, they don't say, oh, I had to have a, you know, a fake phallus shoved up my asshole. Like, that would be believable. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and that's at least something that, more normal, right? And that, not that you'd severely disturbing, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, and again, like you're dressing up like a like a Boy Scout, like a Cub Scout. Yeah. Okay, so for how long do you have to wear that outfit, and what when when does the arousal happen? But also, how do you feel about the fact that the person you're with is turned on by this? Song? I know that's the point. Seriously. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, Billy Baldwin also makes numerous references to MacGyver as if he's never seen MacGyver. That, totally. <laughs> now, do you know who MacGyver is? I barely do. Okay. So, the show, like, and this guy was, like, he was so skilled at taking, like, a paper clip, a tampon, and maybe a tire from a car, making a bomb. Yes. That's MacGyver. Like Every he can time get himself out of any situation yeah. using just what's, what's immediately right in, in the room. Him. That's the trope. But... Every reference that he made to MacGyver had nothing to do with MacGyver. He's relating it to sex work. And it's like, I don't, nothing against you know, Richard Dean Anderson. There's nothing sexy at all about, like, in terms of MacGyver the show is yeah. just not sexy at all. Right. Like, him, he's a big, handsome, muscular dude with a sure. mullet that I'm sure people live, uh, at the, of the time found incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in terms of what he does on the show, I doubt. I don't think he ever has sex with anybody on the show. If he does, it's I think not he's like any of our business. He's fetishized. No. Like women see him shirtless and all that stuff, yeah. and, and you know that that the fan service is there. But mm-hmm. like, it's not a sexy show. So mm-hmm. how I don't. I, I get that the movie is again trying to go for sort of a non sequitur gag, but it's just not working. Either Billy Baldwin's not delivering this correctly, or or Kelly Lynch isn't reacting to it properly. Or neither, no one's ever heard of or MacGyver. Nobody's ever heard of MacGyver. Because <laughs> like, it, thinking about like likening MacGyver to sex work, I guess it's like you, you, this is what you got to work with. Here's a chair, here's a fork, <laughs> and a diaper. What are you gonna do? You know. Well, I guess finding finding what you can and using what you got. Just that's <laughs> kind of similar, but okay. Now we have to go off on a tangent no. that I that absolutely no. so. I called Amy last night. <laughs> I was watching a Half different. Asleep. I was watching a completely different movie. So I'm writing a book about horror movies in the '90s, and I'm watching this film called The First Power, and it has one of these lines in it that is just blew my mind. And I couldn't figure it out, and then I did. It was so sad. You did <laughs> figure it out. I was on the phone. Oh, that's right. We did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's the scene is a a, a heroin addict has murdered a detective. He was he did he was possessed by a serial killer at the time. Uh, but now he's in the jail, he's being held, he's being questioned about why he did this. Uh, and he's nonverbal. He's you know he's a heroin addict, so he's kinda out of it. And as as the detective Logan, Lou Diamond Phillips character, enters the scene, his fellow detective says to him, He I don't know, he, Joe, he's not gonna give you anything. He's ready for the salad bar. <laughs> And that's what woke me up, and I could never sleep after. <laughs> what? Mm. I don't know, Joe. He's ready for the salad bar. And so the whole thing, <laughs> the whole thing comes down to, ultimately, he's a vegetable. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, it was a very then. colorful way of saying he's a vegetable. Yeah. Uh, not very kind. <laughs> he's ready for the salad colorful. bar. Colorful. <laughs> it's a colorful way of saying it. 
great line, though. <laughs> if used in a different film. Also, his character is not named. His, na- his character name is Rust, and I don't know why he calls him Joe or John. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of a weird throwaway thing in the movie. It's like they forgot his yeah. name like, halfway through the film. He's ready for the salad bar. <laughs> Did this take place in Boston? <laughs> I hope it did. I don't know. He was like a he was. It's in L.A. for some reason. <laughs> and that guy talks like every New York detective. That's something. Salad Bob. He's ready like for the Salad Bob. Boston, right there. <laughs> Boston transplant to L.A. I bet they love him there. <laughs> yeah, the, the lines like that though just kind of will throw me off for no good reason. They, and they're ju- they're just not timeless. No, I guess, is what you're saying. <laughs> With good right. <laughs> uh, there's a great line in this movie that also kind of took all of us out of the movie for a little bit. <laughs> we just started having to Google shit just because, like, it's such a it's such a vivid image and a credit to the screenwriter for coming up with vivid imagery. <laughs> I'm gonna wear his balls as a necklace. <laughs> and yes, Walmart does sell them on their website for $17.98. Big old cock and balls. Enjoy. <laughs> Many different types. Gold, silver, bronze. Whatever you're looking for. And fuck you, Walmart. You won't carry certain records right. that have those words in them. But I can buy Cotton a balls. penis and balls <laughs> necklace. Yeah. And don't think no one is getting one of those for Christmas Fully for bedazzled. Uh-huh. Fully bedazzled. Ooh. Shimmery. <laughs> veiny. Supple. <laughs> you're welcome. This is why you do the podcast with us, isn't it? This is why. <laughs> no, it's just MJ ruining her next birthday. Their next birthday. <laughs> it's like not around my fam. The rest of my fam. I think your dad would like it. Oh, That's another thing. He would I, be. I gotta bring this up. Funny and disturbed oh, by yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're at the wedding, right? Billy Baldwin and Kelly Linder at the wedding, and the sister who's getting married. She, Kelly Linder's sister's getting married. She jumps up on stage. And starts taking off her clothes, and the entire crowd is cheering. And I look up at the screen and go, "That's your family! You're doing this in front of your family." Supposed to be like a very so Polish weird. wedding, but I've never seen like Polish strippers at a wedding, especially the bride. Very strange. <laughs> My daughter's taking her clothes off. Nothing was more disturbing though when they went. So Billy Baldwin and uh, and and Ellen, played by. What's her name? Sherilyn Finn. Yes, that one. Um, she, I just call her Twin Peaks. Um, they went on this this weird date to like this kind of art piece, art kind of avant-garde play, liturgical dance kind of weird thing. Like that took place in like a hot tub. I, I couldn't even I, tell. Yeah. Looked like a big bowl of something. And they're giggling and yeah, they're giggling and they're having a great time. But what really threw me off in this was right behind them was this little, like, had to be 12 years old. <laughs> this 12-year-old girl with this gigantic funeral hat on. <laughs> like she was at the fucking Kentucky Derby. Yeah! <laughs> and I couldn't stop looking at her because she looked so sad. And then the hat was down over her eyes. It's like, yeah, I can't do this either. I get it. Give me one of those hats. That hat was a fucking saucer. <laughs> Why do that? I don't know. I think that's, that's such sloppy, like... 
uh, approach to filmmaking mm-hmm. that, 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 that'll take me out of a scene. And I, I mean that seriously. Like, yeah. when you're a director, when you're a production designer, you're actually looking for things like that to, to not put in the sc- scene to, or, or to put in the scene if you want to draw attention to it. If it's something you're... If you're trying to pull focus away from your actors, you'll throw something weird into the background. But if you want us to focus on the main thing, which is William Baldwin and Sherilyn Fenn, you don't put a giant distracting hat on a child right behind them that is making everybody go what the fuck is that child doing here first of all contextually this is like an adult's art show this avant-garde clearly musical play that's happening uh not necessarily where you'd take a 12 year old child Mm -mm. a beautiful toe-headed blonde child right with a giant fucking hat on giant fucking funeral hat like (laughs) derby yes entirely Or, or or like you know the queen's funeral if it's you know? if you think it's something that people thirty years later will sit and talk about on a podcast, don't, don't do it. In your movie, don't do it. We're more interested in this in this now than we were in your fucking movie. You know? Or make a sequel about that young girl. <laughs> yes. about, the, about the journey of the hat. About the journey, the journey of, the of the hat. I agree. <laughs> the avant a- the avant garde journey of the hat. <laughs> Told <laughs> exclusively through music and dance. And that just keeps blowing away from each other. <laughs> I'd like to see... So that girl, that little girl, was probably our age now. Like, close to our age. Yeah. Make a film about that, how she grew up and she never took the hat off. You know, she still has the hat. And she she's not allowed to take the hat off. take it off, like, ever. Because she showers oh. in mm-hmm. the hat. Mm-hmm. You're getting into like great expectations territory now with uh, Mrs. Dinsmore. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm fine with that. That's so sad. <laughs> She's in her mansion. She never changes her dress that she danced. To, she danced at her wedding with, and the giant fucking hat. See, that's what I want to be <laughs> when I'm getting older. Like that's exactly what I want to do. Like, wear my first <laughs> communion dress. Just walk around the house. Lighting candles. <laughs> paying Ethan Hawke to just be there. But paying Ethan Hawke just to stare at me. <laughs> or even to write some, some odd poetry about me while I'm while I'm just walking about and then have him, in the rain. Have him seduced and destroyed by your by by MJ. I'd love that. <laughs> we have our film. <laughs> Ethan call us. <laughs> Well, we got to find a part for Jurgen in that film, though. Yeah, every film, every what did every we film. Do with Jurgen in that film. Mm. It doesn't matter. He's like set dressing. He's a beautiful man. We just put him right there. We'll just have him smoke in like the corner, like maybe, watching. Or maybe like he could be like the butler, like in in the Great Expectations with Ethan Hawke. His dad is a fisherman, I believe. Mm. So I mean, you could have Jurgen. He's right playing a captain in a number of movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How, how was your bingo card on this one? Uh, we had plenty of moisture. Yes. Uh, I didn't call bingo, even though we had we sexy had the, sacks. We had the sexual sacks. Moisture. Moisture. Um, token black person. Token black person, who was very saucy, very sassy. <laughs> one person of color. One person of color. <laughs> one person of color. Um, so that's, that's four. Ooh, we might have a bingo, actually. We might have a bingo. <laughs> we need one more. Uh... Mm. One more. Um, I just feel like there's something there that we're missing. Viscerally uncomfortable sex scenes. Yes, oh, yeah, I like that one. That one. Because um, he has. Because there's a scene where Billy Baldwin is going. He goes out on a date with uh, with Karen, oh. with one of his clients. And it's just this awful human being. She's a horrible <laughs> human being. Awful, terrible person. She's probably the one who made him dress up like a Cub Scout. I know. Uh, Honestly. Yeah. 
Her name was Donna in the film. Donna, excuse Donna. me. You guys referred to her as Karen, so I just assumed that was the character name. You know, she's, I mean, she's full, like, rich lady <laughs> Chanel outfits. You know, definitely getting that Botox, but missing part of her jowls. It wasn't sexy. No. And then she, but yeah, that whole scene, and then there's, like, that bodysuit with the fishnets, and she keeps snapping. At the, like, <laughs> what did she want him to do at that moment? Like, she, and she's on the phone yeah. Yeah, talking about shit, and then she just growing. I think she know. was calling for a foot massage. Ugh. I think. Oh, that was none of our business. <laughs> no. Well, why those? Why did that first scene though go on so long? I don't know. Why did we have to establish so long that scene of him uh, enacting his you know job as a sex worker? <laughs> like, what did that add to the movie or add to his character? It could have so much easily just been alluded to yeah. the entire time. Well, they already like, had. Yeah, multiple times. So there's no reason to. You called that out a few times, actually. MJ, you, you kept seeing like things as like, we didn't need that. Yeah. Why was, was that like, in the film? There was a couple like those little like, oh now I can't think. Right toward the beginning of the film, and you called it, and it's like that is that's true. These dumb little things that that could have been cutting room floor. Make more room for Tawny Katane's characters. <laughs> you know. Sorry, Tawny. I was here for you. Justice for girl and bar. Indeed. <laughs> oh, there's my another. That's woman another T-shirt. Woman and bar. That's why we need a Patreon right here. <laughs> 90s hand job. I've already designed that t-shirt, so that'll be up there soon. No 90s hand job in this film, though. No, there wasn't. And you'd think, well, well attempt. Almost there was happened. an attempt. There was an attempt. Because she unzipped his pants, and he's yes. like, nope. Nope. So no. it was then an incomplete did. 90s hand job. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Uh, what you're missing is the forehead wipe. I know, you have to have the forehead. Well, he would have had to wipe her forehead. They, <laughs> oh. You know? <laughs> what, do you think the, what do you think, though, of the sexual dynamic of this movie? Of, of There is a lot of, like, I would say contemporary use of, of, like, having a man be the sex object as opposed to the women being a sex object. You've seen it before, though. In 93? No, before that. The, like, American Gigolo and shit like that? I mean, we've seen this before. And, you know, honestly, they they chose a good actor for it. I, I, I thought his job was believable. Just, you know, other things weren't. Um, yeah, because, I mean, it, it, I, I immediately, when, I, when they went into the phone bank, my, my brain went to Girl 6, which a lot of people don't remember that movie, but, of course, Fantastic Prince soundtrack. But, I mean... And usually that's what we see. But in that film, too, like, they had the women, they're just on the phone, and, but they're scantily clad, you know, dressed and that kind of thing. I did kind of like the office culture <laughs> of this sex <laughs> On the phone sex like, There's a water very, cooler over here. very casual. Yeah. Very, very casual. Everybody looks like a secretary. <laughs> Everybody is, like, <laughs> the guidance counselor's secretary. Every one of them. Well, Every like, one, of, one them. of them looks like Lily Tomlin the, as, the, uh, as, the phone, as the phone operator. Yes! Like, oh, yeah. I swear to God, one of them was like pulling things out of the wall and plugging them back in and connecting people. It's like, man, we have real phones now. We don't need to keep doing that. Let me connect you. It's not how that works. Phone no. text. <laughs> Tamara speaking. Camera. Who are you calling for? Let me transfer you. Carol, line six. <laughs> oh, she's in a good mood, so you can have a good hand job. <laughs> She's, she's gonna make you come. Uh, I hope you get a towel ready. 
I think it's a strawberry lube day for you. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Poor MJ. Like, <laughs> just some days you're like, why the fuck am I doing this? Why am I doing this? <laughs> so there was a thing before the internet where they called phone sex. <laughs> <laughs> There used to be. Yeah, it used to be. Sex was not so easily obtainable just by clicking one fucking word on the internet. Right, right. Uh, well, I mean, like, remember that that scene in Misfits where Nathan's looking and he's he's talking on on the phone to that lady. He's like, "So is this really you that I'm talking to? Do you get training for that?" And the lady's like, all like spread like and everything. <laughs> That's that's what we were used to. Like the commercials back in the day were so that bizarre non sequitur. They still they're still like I guess these phone lines still do exist, and you can still kind of act still. It. I watched it. So I'm, one of my favorite things in the world is this wrestling channel, Cultaholic. They talk about wrestling news, but they have also like they'll just do some weird fun stuff. Like when you lose when you lose the pay per view predictions contest, you have to do something weird. And one time, Ross, one of the guys on the show lost and he had to call a folks phone sex line but the caveat the caveat was that he could only speak to the phone sex operator using wrestling terms <laughs> and it, she's just playing along the entire time and he's just coming up with the you know, like half nelson full nelson kind of things <laughs> stone cold stunners you yeah! time to go to the finish <laughs> it's it is an it's an incredibly hilarious video. I love wrestling references <laughs> with sex. That's fantastic. I what have to show it idea. to you when we're oh, done with this because it's so funny. Absolutely, looking forward to it. But yeah, those still those do still exist. There's still a place in the world for them. Apparently, I think that's awesome because yeah. I've been looking for a job for ages. <laughs> <laughs> it pays well. What? What is our, uh, what's next week for us? Do we know? Oh, fuck, I haven't even checked. We need to check that. Uh, the first movie of May of 1993. This will be. Uh... Oh, but first, though, I wanted you to uh, play a little game. Oh, shit. Of guess who was going to be oh. in this movie, or maybe going to be in this movie. So, think about it for a moment. In terms of your lead actors who are available in 1993, who would you think either sought this role or didn't get this role? I, it seems impossible, but, I mean, let's face it, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves is not on the list. Not on the list. Not on the list. Well, okay. Let me think. Uh, Richard Grieco. Richard Grieco is a good shout not on this list. Damn it. Um, it's, not a short, it's not a long list on the men's side. Okay. Uh, in fact, there's only one name on the men's side. <laughs> And there's a story for this. Oh, shit. <laughs> so this actor lobbied for the role of Joe Casella to the point where they actually rewrote the script to present their own ideas to producers. Oh, I can't wait. The name of this actor is Robert Downey Jr. Fuck off! <laughs> Shut up! Yeah. Okay, so then what year did... Um... Two girls and a guy came out then. Not too long. Uh, that, that was, was a like, early 2000, 2005, okay. maybe. Yeah. That was actually a, a, yeah. a good movie. But, uh, like, it, it was not. I liked it. But, I mean, the, the idea, that, that story, 
you know, like you're in the he middle definitely, of this. Yeah, he comes back around and tries to do this story again. Yeah. <laughs> like he really, he can, I wonder if this is some kind of weird kink or obsession oh with him now. God. You've just unlocked something here Robert, with that reference. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. My brain is still broken. <laughs> it's okay, honey. Iron Man can't hurt me back then. <laughs> I just remember That's how that much he loved this idea. He, he was, was still in a drug haze at the time. Okay. Now, uh, all there. there were a number of, of women considered for both the roles uh, of Ellen and Connie. Uh, oh, God. I, I, well, I, I, <laughs> Heather Graham, now that that was already in my head. <clears throat> uh, Heather Graham is still a few years off. Okay. We're still a few years away from her. Okay. Um, the, uh, so people who turned down the role, uh, played by Sherilyn Fenn, Elizabeth Perkins. Uh, yeah. And Madonna. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be in Body of Evidence. You don't understand. I'm already fucking like, busy. I can't do your movie. <laughs> I've got a wave I've of moisture body about to hit me <laughs> in the tits. <laughs> Willem Dafoe's abnormally large cock is in my future. <laughs> the, the number of people are just like, <laughs> so, so strange. <laughs> so, uh, was, okay, anybody else? Uh, for, the, for the role of Connie. Yeah. Um... The people who passed on it, Elizabeth McGovern, uh, Demi Moore, yeah, because she had to be an indecent proposal. She was busy. <laughs> and Bridget Fonda passed on that role. I actually would have liked to have seen her in it. I like, I love Bridget Fonda. I believe they all three of them turned it down because of the do rags. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's face it. I mean, Bridget Fonda, you know, in Singles the year before, he, she was already wearing the little leather jacket and that kind of thing. But it was very Seattle. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have to wear a do-rag, thank God. A little bit of extra trivia just to make everything a little extra creepy. Oh, no. <laughs> no. During the, filming of the, uh, during filming, the relationship between Cheryl and Fenn and director Yurik Bogievitz became strained because she refused to appear nude, even though she'd performed nude, fil- nude scenes in the film Boxing Helena just the year before. Right, right. I'm surprised you've recovered from me telling you what Boxing <laughs> Helena is. <laughs> You had to make that reference and then just fuzzy on. What? <laughs> God, that movie. That fucking movie. Sherilyn Fenn's like, yeah, I'll show my tits for the movie that's like going to Sundance. I'm not doing that for this piece of no. shit. No. Well, I mean, let's... Yeah. <laughs> Weigh your options. But then she also has like... She has a sex scene with like a fucking monster in a vampire movie like year before this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, you got to be picky. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying I side with the director because he's an asshole. Fuck him. Yeah, fuck if, him. If, if a woman tells you she doesn't want to take her clothes off for you, you know, you just basically just back down. Back down. Yeah. You know. I mean, again, I mean, this is no one is nude in this movie, right? No There's one. No nudity. No, they're There's... never nude in this film. <laughs> <laughs> never nudes. <laughs> Which. Which is weird, because he's a sex worker, so that's pretty fucked up. You're very close in the opening scene to seeing little Billy Baldwin. Little Billy Baldwin. A little bit. We saw a little bit too much of Donna as we, well. We, yeah. Oh, God. That's uncomfortable. We've, we glossed over that opening scene, though. He, the opening scene of this movie is him having phone sex with someone in the bathtub. In the bathtub, yeah. And Joey Pants calls him. On the other and, line. Like, he's in the midst of giving this woman uh, an orgasm. Mm-hmm. And he's and his party line clicks and he's like, "Hang on a second. Yeah, what? No, <laughs> no, no. We're in business. We're in the middle of business right now. This is a transaction I paid for. I am, 
I am. I have my fingers on my clitoris right now. <laughs> I am this close to finishing. Hang on, that's my boss. <laughs> yeah. No, I have to get on the line. Yeah. He has the audacity to get off that call and then pick up the other one and try to start again. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, you're there? Did We're you get not... the ice? Yeah, I did. You motherfucker. <laughs> click, click. I would have done the same thing. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you." You can't, you can't back out of that at that moment. No, Don't answer not. your other line at that moment. No. We're very busy. <laughs> We're up to no good. It's not good. It's not, not good. good. It's not right. It's not right. <laughs> oh, this fucking film. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, we've seen worse, let's face yeah. it. I mean, it just... And not only that, but like a minute felt like an hour sometimes with this movie. So... That's just me. It was a very long movie. Yeah. Because yeah. that subplot just took for fucking ever. Yeah. There was no reason for it to have a subplot, right. in my no. opinion. Fuck it was off just with like, that subplot. Come on, just do the main thing. Yeah. Just... You've got your premise, you've got your characters, you set the table with that. Mm-hmm. Stick with that. I know you want to add in the sex stuff as a kind of a conflict for him to build his character, but you don't need it. You don't need it. <laughs> it's not It's not needed. Now, granted, it shortens your movie, but we would love for you to shorten your movie because Please it's way do. too long. I, I, this uh, would have been a great short film. <laughs> 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 and the tone wouldn't have shifted so weirdly. You know what I mean? <laughs> Keep it consistent. Well, I don't know. People aren't consistent. Um, so next week, it's hard to say uh, what to go with. There's no real obvious choice. Um... Because I think you know the movie American Heart. I do know with, the movie uh, American Jeff Bridges. Yes. I don't want to do that. No. That looks like that looks like homework. I <laughs> I have the DVD if you need to watch it. At least you don't want to pay for it. But yeah, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Nah, mm-hmm. nah. Much ado about nothing. Kenneth Branagh, Denzel <gasps> Washington, Sean Robert Thomas Leonard, Keanu Reeves, <laughs> Keanu Reeves, oh, Michael Keaton. Oh, I loved that movie. Okay. <laughs> I did, but then it, again, it's like you really have to love Shakespeare, and you have to know what's going on in it. So, so let me tell you the premise of the next movie. You don't say anything. <gasps> the premise of this movie is a comedy in which the president of the United States becomes imp- incapacitated. So all of his people come together, and they find a guy who is just kind of a rando off the street who looks like the president, and they make him the president. Is this Dave? Dave. Yay! <laughs> Starring Kevin Klein and Sigourney Weaver. I love Dave. I thought it was a great movie. It was cute. That that sounds funny. Yeah. I mean, he looks just like the president. What's weird is that he plays both roles. <laughs> that might explain That might explain why it looks like him. So but Kevin Dave? Klein. Kevin Klein, the voice of Mr. Fishoder. Oh, hey. There you go. So, okay. Dave... Yeah, right. I think Dave. I think it's, we'll do Dave. Dave. Much Ado About Nothing is it's going to be too much for... If you don't like iambic pentameter and all that kind of thing, <laughs> you're going to get annoyed. So, I love it. You Everybody should go watch it. So, yeah. All right, next Dave. week is Dave. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. <laughs>